Here at Doxedo Bloom, we're excited about making disciples who impact the city and nations. We hope you enjoy today's message. How you guys doing? Like, uh, guess what? 2020, it's here. Can you believe it? 2020 is here. And I just want to say I'm so excited to kick off this series for the year, to be the first one to preach here for the year. And it's going to be a really, really cool year for me and openly for you. Are you excited? Okay, we'll get there. Hopefully, it's going to get better. We'll figure it out now. But just so that you know, we're starting this new series called 2020 Vision, and we want to see what the divine direction is for us as a church, as people. And we're going to be speaking about three things in the next few weeks. Um, Next week, we're going to be speaking about the wisdom to know. The week after that, we're going to be speaking about a faith to slot. But this week, we're speaking about this thing, a power to become. A power to become. And I believe, and if you can believe it with me, if we put our hearts open on the table during this series, if we come with an eagerness to learn and a faith to to see what God wants to come and do, I believe this series will literally change your life. It'll change everything, the, the way you look at things, the way you engage with things. And I believe it's an amazing way to start this year. So if you if you would posture your heart with me in a good way, I want to pray for us and pray that God will come and speak to my heart, to your heart this, this evening, um, and that it will be true and tangible to us, something we can take home that he wants to show us. So let me you know, just pray with me. Uh, Lord Jesus, I want to say thank you, Lord. Thank you that you are good, Father God, that you love us, Lord. And when we look at you, we know that it is a, a, not a person far away, but someone within us, someone with us. Jesus, and walking into 2020, Lord, we don't want to walk this road alone. Lord, we want you to be with us. Lord, we want you to walk every step of the road with us, Lord Jesus. And we're going to come pray together and say together, Lord Jesus, that you are our divine direction, Lord Jesus. That you are the person that we are aiming to be and aiming to be with, Lord Jesus. Because you are the one and the only Lord. You are our King and our Lord. Amen. So just to give you a recap, 10 years ago, what was 10 years ago? The FIFA World Cup. Do you guys remember that? How exciting, Kinako, it's here, all right? It's, it was like the vibe, all right? Zakumi was doing his thing and dancing at every like public place in the world, and it was just a vibe. It's like, a, but just so that you can think of how long 10 years ago was, just to make it even better, is this is what Abel and Eugene looked like 10 years ago. And I'm done with my preach now, Jake, no. Beautiful, right? I mean, how gangster. Oh, I don't know if the hoodie or the, the, the stick is most gangster, but one of them. And uh, I'm just so happy that this is not what they look like now. Amen? Amen. And it's such a good thing is that this new year allows us to change new things. It allows us to walk into the year to say, new year, new me. All right? And it's such a great thing. And I, I'm so excited about it. Because every year, beginning of every year, it's such a great thing to start off the year with this power, this, this thing you want to step into. Ooh, I almost made notes on my notes. That would have been awkward. Now it's said it. Now it's even more awkward. But it's a great way to start the year. I mean, everyone is here ready. You just had a good holiday. You're very keen to start the year. Everyone's back from leave. Even the guy working at ESCOM that switches the power off, he's back. All right. He had a good leave, but he's here to haunt our dreams. And uh, just the one thing about Eskom, though, the one thing that they are, they're quite consistent. They're consistently putting off our power. And for me, for 2020, just as my mind, is my big word for this year is consistency. 
I want to be consistent. And the beautiful thing about being consistent, it, it, is, it allows amazing things to happen around us. See, Craig Rochelle, uh, a preacher that I love listening to, he says this, and it's a beautiful quote. He says, the successful people do constantly what other people do occasionally. You see, if you look at someone's life, you look at, at someone that you look up to and you say, this is a man of God. He's like so, when you just walk around him, you just feel like, whoa, he's like different. And it's probably because he consistently sits with his Bible and spends time with God. You see, someone that looks good, not me, someone else that looks good. Stop saying that I look good, guys. That's nice. But you see someone that looks good like Yandru. I mean, this guy looks amazing, right? And it's because he consistently hits the gym. He's there day in, day out, grinding. You see someone get to success, you know, and they think, oh, they just got lucky. You don't see the late nights. You don't see the grinding. You don't see the consistency that they're working towards. You see, I believe God wants us to be consistent with the small things that will show success over time. People in the Bible that I've seen do this, it's beautiful. It's, it's people like Jesus, people like Paul. They were consistently, they were very consistent in what they were doing. You see, you wouldn't see Jesus in the Bible have this moment. We all have had this moment. You know, maybe at your community group, maybe with your friends. Your friends have had this moment. They go, I just can't find the time. I can't find the time to spend time with God. Imagine Jesus 2,000 years ago, man, I can't find the time. I mean, yes, Peter is super annoying. Like, he's just here the whole time. He's complaining about stuff. You know, John is just full of himself. He's like, all these guys around me, I don't have time to get to you, God. Imagine that was Jesus. That was his heart. But what did Jesus do? He constantly broke away from the group, and he constantly put him in a space where he would spend time with God. Now, 2020 is going to be a good year. I believe it's going to be a great year. But it has to start with us constantly looking at what we want to see happen. What do we want to see happen in our lives when it comes to these things? Now, there's this very cool quote. Um, yeah, Sean Covey said it, and it says this. Our habits will make us or break us. We become what we repeatedly do. Now, this is a really cool quote, and it's true. I believe it's very true. But I'm going to just twist it a bit a little bit later. Because I want to show you something different that God has for us. You see, if Brent constantly goes to the gym, Brent would be fit. If Brent stops constantly going to McDonald's, Brent would not be fat. The great thing about being fat, by the way, is you can't get fat. That's the loophole. Like Christmas, everyone's like, I'm going to get fat. I'm like, ha. <laughs> I found the loophole. You see, if Brent spends constant time with God, my relationship with God will be something that people look up to. But it's just consistently asking God, where do you want to take me? Where do you want to be? That was a funny joke, Brent. Hold on. This is another one. People ask me what I'm doing in 2020. I tell them, I don't know. I don't have 2020 vision. Yeah, okay, no, that was a bad one. But uh, the, the big thing is for 2020, we have to ask the question, where am I going? Where am I going with this space? Where am I moving into? And I believe God wants to show us some things today. You see, the first week of the year is here. New Year's resolutions. Who made a bunch of New Year's resolutions? Let me see your hands. Don't lie. You're not going to like go, hey, I didn't, and then you like, you actually do it, and you're like, oh, it was a New Year's resolution. It's like setting yourself up for a win, even though you didn't. But New Year's resolution is something that you do. You want to change something. Who of you actually want to change something this year than last year? There's your New Year's resolution right there. 
See, I celebrate it because this is good news. It's good news that we want to change things. It's good news that we want to step, we want to better ourselves, we want to better where we are, and that's great news. But the bad news is, and this is a stat that's real, is this, is that 92% of your New Year's resolutions will be gone by Valentine's Day. 92%. If you don't believe me, quickly think about last year. Who remembers? I'm going to do this, I'm going to do that, I'm going to do that. Valentine, it's weird that it's Valentine's Day because that's usually where chocolates go around. You know, love is in the air. We're going to have a great Valentine's Day service this year. It's going to be fantastic. Don't miss it. But that's the space where we usually end it. And the crazy thing is, is that it's, it's every year the same thing, isn't it? Man, I want to change this thing. I want to change this part of my life. I want to be better. I want to be stronger. And then the end of the year comes and you're like, oh, I'm just going to let myself go at Christmas and I'll try again next year. In whatever aspect of your life it is, it's always a struggle of, I'm trying, but I'm not getting there. I'm trying, but I'm not getting there. And you're not alone. There's someone in the Bible that had this same struggle. And I want you to read this piece of scripture with me. It's in Romans 7. And it's Paul's, Paul busy writing. And uh, he has this, this in conflict within him. That he's, he's busy struggling. He's trying to figure things out. And he says this. I don't really understand myself. For I do For I want to do what is right. I want to do everything that is right. I want to stop going to McDonald's. I want to stop trying to live unhealthy. I want to eat healthy. I want to start working out. I want to start reading my Bible more. I want to start serving at church more. I want to start spending time with those friends. I want to start spending more time with my family. I want to start waking up early. Paul writes this and he says, I want to do these things, but I don't do it. Instead, I do what I hate. I want to do what is right, but I can't. I want to do what is good, but I don't. I don't want to do what is wrong, but I do it in any way. Okay? So true. So true to me. There's so many things I want to change in this world. There's so many things I want to do right. There's so many things. But at the end of the day, I don't do it. And there's this moment that Paul, and he has like this real introspection, this real looking at myself moment. And it's quite like a bit sad, but it's, it's quite cool that he shows it here. And he says this right after that. He says, oh, what a miserable person I am. Hey? Paul's like, I'm trying, God, I'm trying to do the right thing. I'm trying to get the right stuff, but I keep doing the wrong stuff. You know what? I'm just a sucky person. I'm not a good, I'm a loser. I'm a miserable person. And that's so sad because it's the way that we grow up. It's the way that we, to the things that I do determines who I am. And that is such a broken system. And then later on, Paul comes to says this. He says, who will set me free from this life dominated by sin and death? And then the most beautiful words you will ever hear in your life. He says, thank God. The answer is in Jesus Christ, our Lord. Jesus. He comes to set everything right. He comes to move it into the right place. You see, we always struggle with these things every year. We always struggle with what are we going to do? How are we going to fix it? And the intentions are good. We want to do something towards change. We want to do this, but it never lasts. And that's, I think there's two reasons why we don't actually get there. There's two spaces that we, we move into. And I think that's our challenge, our block, our way that we struggle with it. And today we're speaking about this thing for a power to become. A power to become what God has called us to be. And the first thing is this. We focus on the do before the who. 
we focus on the do before the who. Remember the quotes I read earlier? Our habits will make us or break us. We become what we do. That is so true. In this life, in this space that we live in, in this, in, this, you know, in this age that we live in, everything, you are what you do. If you're a lawyer, he's a lawyer. She's a doctor. She's a builder. That guy's a plumber. That's who you are in society. What do you do when you're at a braai? You're like, hi, how are you? My name's Gerard. You're like, hello, Gerard. And then the, what's the next question? So what do you do? Because it's the way that we label each other, and it's a space that we step into, and, it's, and in this life, it's what defines us. But what if I, if I just come and move your thought around it to say this? What if I told you that you were not just made for this life, that you were made to be more than just a plumber or a builder or a doctor or whatever you are? You're made to be way more than that. You were made to be this word, holy. God wants to make you holy. He wants to make you Holy. Now, what does holy mean? In 1 Thessalonians 4 verse 3, it says this. Literally, his God's will for us is to be holy. He wants me and you to be holy. That sounds great, right? Who wants to be holy? Let's quickly see. Someone on one or two hands. Okay, what is being holy? Is it like I'm so holy that my Bible levitates next to my bed on the table? Is that what holy means? Do I wear robes and use words like thee, thy, and though? Like what is holy? Like what describes what holiness is? And holiness is this beautiful thing when it says to be set apart. To be not like the same, but set apart. The best way to explain this is to tell you a story about my friend, Harold the fish. Everyone quickly wave and say hello to Harold the fish. That was weird. You guys just waved to a fish on the screen. I can't believe you just did that. (laughs) People will do anything if you ask them. But Harold the fish is a fish, and he loves living in the ocean. And one day I would decide to say, Harold, you know what? Do you want to come live with me? I can give you amazing things. And Harold's like, yeah, sure, why not? And so I take Harold out of the water, and I put him on the beach because it was holiday, December vibes. Everyone's there, and I'm like, what would Harold need right now? I'm like, obviously an umbrella because the sun will chow him. And then I'm like, what would make it a bit more vibey? Oh, get him a mojito. I mean, come on, vibe, Right? It's stuff that, he, that I think he would need. You know, I'd give him beach paddles. He can jam on the beach. You know, I would give him just a beach buggy. He can drive around. You know, it's a vibe. Isn't that what Harold wants? Probably not. He wouldn't be happy, right? He would not be happy. He would probably be dead. That's the only thing he would be. See, Harold is designed to be in a place with water. He is designed for something different. And I believe that our souls, me and your hearts, desire something different. It desires something more than this world. It desires not to change a habit, not to get to the next holiday. It doesn't desire to get more skinny or to get more muscles. What our hearts desire is living water from God. Jesus, who He is. Because the moment that that happens, something changes within us. Our nature changes. It literally says we become a new being. Something changes within us. And this is the problem because every time we try and figure out the do, we don't ask the who. We try and do a bunch of things. I mean, it's it's, it's really a difficult challenge because we, we try and do this thing. Being holy in our sight sometimes would be this 
is it's an action we perform. It's something I can do to be holy. But the truth is, it's not an action I perform, but it's a person I pursue. It is someone I know. It is a person that I step into. You see, if we really want to see something change this year in the space that we are, it's not about doing more, but it's about asking who. Who needs to step into the space of my life and your life? Why? Because at this moment, if I, if I, as Brent, stand here in front of you, and I can tell you with full conviction, with full who I am, that I am a son of God. No doubt. I've made mistakes? A bunch. I've messed up? A bunch. Am I perfect? Not close. But I can tell you that I am a son of God. And when that penny drops, when that thing hits you, it's no longer about what I do, but the things that I do are governed not by a set of rules or law. It is governed by who I am. It is governed by what God has come to put inside me. And the way I move, the way I live life, the way I do everything is governed by God because He's with me. He's speaking to me. I'm in constant communication with Him. And that's the beautiful thing. See, this time of the year, everyone wants to change. Everyone has this thing, and everyone's going to say it in the next few weeks, or they've already said it to you. Are you guys ready for it? I'm on a... Okay, that was very weak. We're going to try again. I'm on a, I'm on a diet. Oh, you know? And then people come, probably it's a friend of yours that comes with a question from the devil himself. And he says to you, would you like a chocolate? Now, there's two ways to respond to this word. Not from God, probably from the devil, this question. And uh, there's two ways to respond from it. The first is the do answer. And it's a very intense, my, my brother-in-law helped me figure this one out. And it was so good. He says, it's so difficult because you answer the question wrong. You answer it in the way of the do. You answer it this. Sorry, I can't have chocolate. I'm on a diet. Right? And what are you doing? You are busy identifying as an unhealthy person trying to go on a diet. Trying to change. But just by changing the way you speak is going to change everything. Why? Because maybe you shouldn't answer in the do. Maybe you should answer in the who. Someone comes to you with the same question. Hey, would you like this chocolate? You look them straight in the eyes. Don't lose eye contact. And you say to them, listen here, I don't eat chocolates. Conversation done. Don't wonder. I don't think. I don't. Uh, as me as Brent, I don't eat chocolates. Jokes, I do. I don't really eat chocolates. But for the sake of the sermon, I had to say that line. Please don't cut it out and play it to me later. Why? Because what happens in that moment, I identify as a healthy person that wants to make this decision. Now, don't get me wrong. I'm not here to come and give you guys a, a let's do a life change service or a self-help sermon or whatever. But I want to come say there's so much truth to this. There's so much truth to this. Jesus, when he comes to earth, he doesn't just come to give us a new list of things to do. You see, if it was about the do, if it was about doing the right thing, about being perfect, then Jesus would have come to earth. You would have rocked up here and go, listen, this list is a bit too intense for you guys. I gave you a bunch, then I gave you 10. And I'm just going to like try and give you new things to do. I want you to do these things and then you can be with me. Jesus didn't come to change the who. He come and change the do. But he came and cha to change the who. What did Jesus come to do? This moment that he stands on, he's on the cross, he dies. And that's the saddest moment of history because what has ever been hopeful for 2,000 years, for more than that, 1,000 years after that, everything that's been hoped for 
dies in a moment. But three days later, he stands up from the grave. And there's victory for me, for you, for everyone. Creed or color, where you're from. There is victory in him. And it's crazy for me that still 2,000 years later, this thing still fascinates us. That it's such a beautiful step Jesus came to do. Jesus didn't come to change the do. He came to give us a new who. Sounds like a Dr. Seuss sermon kind of at the moment. Anyone pick that up? Jesus came to give us a new you. Why? Because it's not a new set of rules that is going to change anything. But it's a new who. Jesus comes to this earth to replace this thing. He comes to give us identity, purpose, promise. He restores the broken. He heals the sick. He brings peace to the unrest. And he brings life. See, the key here, and this is the key, I would say, for 2020, is this. You need to understand the who in your life. You need to understand the who. Who you're connected to. Who's the person that is part of who you are. Because I believe if Christ is the key to that, the do will never, no longer be a struggle. It'll be something that flows out of you. The way you live, the way you do things will flow out of you because God has come to fully restore you and put you in the right place. See, everyone tries to do these goals, tries to reach these goals. And I wanted to say this, is that I would, I would want to kind of end my sermon here. I'm happy with ending it here, but I don't want to. There's still one more thing I want to tell you. But if you've missed anything or anything that I've said, this is the whole point. Is that if you understand who Jesus is for 2020, I want to come and say that is the biggest step you can make. To step closer into his arms. Why? Because the moment we step into who he is, the holiness of God is ours. We step into the space of who God is. He creates something new within us. And if you've taken that step, don't forget it. Please don't forget it. That is the biggest thing that can, do, that can happen in your life. And I believe that's what God wants us to do. But I believe there's something else that's keeping us from this, this 2020 vision, if I could say it, or this divine direction that God wants to pull you closer to. And it's this, is that we focus on the what before the why. Focus on the what before the why. Now, we all probably made a list of New Year's resolutions, all right? Maybe not on an actual piece of paper, but maybe you've made the list somewhere in your head or it's just like this one thing I've got to change or these five things. And that's really good. That is great. That is amazing what. But my question to you would be, what are the whys? You know, maybe your what is, is something like, I'm going to stop sleeping late. Students, stop sleeping late. Sleeping your life away. I'm going to stop eating unhealthy. You know, I'm going to start exercising, start reading more scripture. These are beautiful things. They're really, really good things. But my question to you is, and this is what I want to scratch at a little bit is what's the motive behind this change? What's the motive for you to step into the space and say, you know what, 2020, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to start eating healthy. Ugh. And I'm like, but why? It's like, because. You know, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to start reading my Bible more. I'm, ooh, like you version, Bible reading plans, somewhere from start to finish, everything. And you're like, I'm going to do it. And I'm like, why? You're like, because. Yes, my Bible. It's that song, right? <laughs> but it's a really challenging question because I believe, and this is a beautiful thing, is that the why question changes something. It asks the question of what is your motive behind it? 
Because I believe God's, God is he's worried about motive. He, he wants to know. It matters to him what your motive is. He wants to know the heart behind it. Why? Because Scripture shows us that our hearts are deceitful. It tricks us. It tries to put us in different spaces. Even my own motives as Brent are sometimes impure. I can tell you now. I'm not perfect. You know, sometimes I do really good things, but I actually do them for personal gain. I'm going to maybe give you an example of this. And uh, this is difficult for me to share because I've struggled for this for a while. But thank God, not, not anymore. But it was a big thing about pride. Guys, hello. Pride? That guy, remember him? And uh, pride was a big part for me. Why? Because I think since I've been saved in 2012, probably from 2013 there, I've been wanting to preach. I've been wanting to preach. That's all I've been wanting to do. There's like an urge inside of me. And, and I started figuring out, why do I want to preach? And I realized after a while, I want to preach because I want to be that cool guy preaching with the skinny jeans and the, and the cut and the whatever you want to call it. I don't have those because you have to be skinny to be in jeans. It's like chunky trunks or whatever you want to call them. But, uh, you know, I wanted to be that guy, the cool guy that says the cool quote that everyone quotes during the week and whatnot. And I found myself engaging it in a bad way. And, I, and thank God for two people, the Holy Spirit and Eugene Lombard in my life. <laughs> they either worked together or the one just clapped me. I don't know what happened. But I came to realize this one thing. It doesn't matter what I do, whether I preach, whether I serve, whether I'm standing outside and looking after cars. Whatever you do, you do it in Jesus' name. I do it for him. I do it for him. I really don't care. I've, I've, I've told Donnie this a few times, and I'll tell anyone this, is that people ask, what do you do at church? I'm like, no, I'll do this, but I'll do anything. Because I'm not here for me. I'm not here for trying to figure myself out. I'm here because God wants me to be here. And my question to you would be, why are you doing what you're doing in 2020? Have you asked yourself the question, why? Because I believe if you understand the who, if you understand who Jesus is, you need to start asking him why. Why do I say that? The Bible teaches us in the way that we should do this. In Colossians 3.17, it says this, And whatever you do, in the word or in deed, everything, do it in the name of him and giving thanks. Do it in the name of Jesus and give thanks to the Father through him. You know, everyone makes the big announcement. A doctor says, I will operate in the name of Jesus. A teacher says, I will teach in the name of Jesus. A preacher says, I will preach in the name of Jesus. A a second-hand car salesman will say, I will sell cars in the name of Jesus. Jokes, that one's a bit of a stretch. I don't know. Any second-hand car salesman in the house? (laughs) These are beautiful things, but I believe... That God wants us to not just be faithful with the big things, but with the little things, all the small things. I want us to be able to say, you know what, I will handle handle my conflict with my spouse in the name of Jesus. I will drive in traffic in the name of Jesus. Hopefully this is the finger you use when you say that. (laughs) I will use my name, my phone, in the name of Jesus. You see, we need to step into the small, faithful things, the motives behind what we do. The beautiful part of this is that when we are faithful with little things that God gives to us, it immediately reveals our motive. 
It immediately reveals why we do what we do. And that is my heart for you for this year, is to say, don't forget who changed you, but step into a space where you can say, God, I want my motives to be your motives. Why? Because the beautiful thing about this is if I want to do something in 2020, I want to stop smoking in 2020. If I want to change that, and I say, God, I put this under your authority. God, I'm standing here with you saying, God, this is what I want to do. Please show me the why. I believe God comes and twines himself into that process. And for the, for the first time in a long time, you'll be fighting that thing no longer alone, but in the presence of who Jesus is. Why? Because he's already made us holy, and he will keep on making us holy. Can I ask the band to join me? Please. I want us to respond to this word, and it's going to be such a good thing to respond to. Because I believe that everyone in this room, myself, even the band, anyone that is standing here with a brain, is going to respond to this word. Every single one of us is going to respond in some way. You see, I would ask this question to you. What would your New Year's resolutions look like if you stopped holding it to yourself and trying to figure it out yourself and start giving it to God and His authority and brought it under His divine direction for 2020? So I believe that in my faith, in everything I do, posture is everything. I mean, if you're in the gym and you're picking up big weights, you don't pick it up like this. You keep your back straight. Huh? Lift with your legs, not your back. And I believe posture is everything. And I want us to posture ourselves before God right now. So I'm going to ask you guys to stand up with me. I want you to posture yourself right because I believe God wants to come and do something in your life right now. Man, as I was prepping, as I was thinking of this moment, I said, God, you know what? I'm going to ask two questions. And I'm going to ask that you, you speak to people's hearts. And I believe if he's, if he's speaking to your heart, he wants to come and reveal something. See, as we read the scripture, I want you to have a posture to be open to read the scripture. It's going to be behind me on the screen. It says this, but now you must put them all away. Anger, wrath, malice, slander, absence of talk, obsessive, obsessive talk of your mouth. Do not lie to one another, seeing that you have put on the, off the old self with its practices. But I have, come to, I have come to put on a new self, which is being renewed in the knowledge after the image of its creator. There is no Greek, no Jew, Circumcised and uncircumcised, barbarian, slave, free, but Christ is all and in all. There are two responses I want to ask this evening, and it's this. The first one is, you've been trying to do, and you have not yet discovered the who. When it comes to your faith, when it comes to knowing Jesus, when it comes to walking this road, you've been taught you need to read your Bible, you need to do this, you need to do this, and you hear these words, do, 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 do. But you've never discovered the who. You haven't discovered Jesus. I want to say the beautiful thing about discovering Jesus is that it changes your heart, changes the way you look at things, it changes who you are. Why? Because he came to do something great. You see, Jesus gave his life so that you may receive life. I'm going to ask this question and it's going to get personal. But Abel, who saved you? Jesus. 
Neil, who saved you? Yandru, who saved you? Didn't save you, but who saved you? See, Jesus saves us. And in the moment that we are saved, we are made holy. But yet we still try and be holy. We still try and do good things. But our motives are wrong and our who is wrong. You see, if Jesus saves you, He's the only one that can make you holy. You need to stop getting in your own way and start stepping back and allowing God to make you holy. Allow Jesus to speak to your heart. Allow Him to speak into who you are because guess what? He wants to come in, man. He wants to be a part of your life. He wants to be part of everything. He wants to be part of your biggest plan and your biggest dream for 2020. But you need to step back. Get out of your own way. And allow Jesus to step into it. Now, if you believe that's you, if you believe, you know what, I haven't had this conversation with Jesus. I want to say this is a beautiful conversation between you and Him. And I don't want to get in the way of that. But if you want to start this conversation, don't you please want to raise your hand. If you want to start a conversation with Jesus for the first time. If you want to start a conversation with saying, Jesus, I've never known you. I want to be with you. Don't you want to put up your hand? I've been trying to do, but I've not known the who. Don't you want to put up your hand? Great. Anyone else? I'm going to ask the ministry guys just to maybe get closer to them. But ma'am, I just want to say, I believe God is going to do amazing things in your life. I believe that He's called you to know Him. That is your most ultimate goal. It's not doing the things that are right, but it's knowing the one who is. And in that, you're going to find so much more for yourself. That Fred owed also. Man, I just, I look at you and God's just stirring something in my heart that, that he's giving me like a, a wild animal that, that has been let loose in the wild and he doesn't want to tame it, but he wants to give it purpose. He wants to give it something great to hold on to. Direction and things that are going to change your life because God wants something good for you. He wants you to be wild just as you are, but he wants to give you a direction with that wildness. He's given it to you. He wants you to step into that. Life's changed today, my friend. To the rest of us, we've all thought of what we need to change. We've all thought of what we can do to change. You see, in 2019, I ran into the year thinking, what can I achieve? And I can tell you with full conviction in 2020, I'm not running in the same way. I'm running in the way saying, God, what do you want to achieve? What do you want to come and do through me, in me, around me you see the moment we take our motives our lives whatever we do and we put it under the authority of Jesus he gives us a divine direction something changes and what are we going to do is in this moment again this is a conversation between you and God this is not what I I don't want to get a part of be a part of this it's a conversation between you and God and at this church we believe that it's not a pastor that gets you to Jesus it's not a community group that gets you to Jesus it's the Holy Spirit that works within you and the person of Jesus. And you can speak to Him alone right now. You have access to the Father because of who Jesus is. You have access to God. And what I want you to do, and we're going to do it for a few moments, and after that we're going to have a, just a worship song to, to end off. But I want you to sit. 
wherever you are, you can go sit at the back, you can sit in front, you can stand around, whatever you feel comfortable. And I want you to have this conversation with God and ask Him this question. All the things that you have given me, maybe the dreams, the wishes, the to-dos, all these things you've given me are responsibilities. What do you want me to do with them? What do you want me to do with them, God? I'm going to give some time for you guys to have that conversation. And then after that, we're going to worship together. Let's do that. Thanks for listening to this week's message. Make sure that you get connected to this family on mission by joining us at one of our Sunday services.